This is the Action Network Podcast. But this one is good. Without further ado. That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. I'm going to just leave it up there. He couldn't make that if he tried that again. Absolutely not. Spread the floor. Let's go. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, NBA edition. Thanks for joining us. I am Matt Moore, NBA senior writer for the Action Network, joined as always by Raheem Palmer and Brandon Anderson as we bring you this week's final NBA regular season edition of the NBA podcast here on the Action Network Podcast. As a reminder, all of our picks, analysis, everything that you need to know to track your bets, to be up on what's happening in the world of sports betting, you can find on our award-winning app, the Action Network app. Download that immediately right now. So pause the podcast, go download that app if you have not already right now. Uh, also, shout out to BetMGM, the official odds provider for the Action Network podcast. On today's show in our marquee, Brandon Anderson has been waiting for this for a long time. He's put together an exercise based off of March Madness. The NBA playoffs are here, and we are going to be the selection committee. If there were not going to be seedings based off of record, we are going to be the committee that decides who goes where and who plays whom. We'll get to that in our marquee. We have an extended victory lap segment because it's the end of the regular season, and I have to give the guys time uh, to promote all the things that they got right. I have like two, so there's that. Uh, and I believe that Brandon also has a thanks for nothing. We'll do all that and more. Let's get kicked off with our marquee. The marquee. You can hear the chatter from the crowd. Brandon, take it away. <laughs> all right. So, gentlemen, we are the, the NBA selection committee. Just the three of us and only the three of us. We will be determining the entire NBA playoff bracket. We're choosing 16 teams. And we're tweeting it like the NCAA bracket. So we're going to pick four number one seeds, four two seeds, four threes, and four fours. So just 16, no planes in this one. And we are not projecting how good the team could be. We're not trying to predict in order who the best team is. That will play itself out. That's what the tournament is for. We are rewarding teams for what they've accomplished for this season. So however each one of us wants to do that, your strength of schedule, RPI, net rating, efficiency, differentials, head-to-head, tie breaks, as Zach Lowe says, schwarps and warps and whatever other acronyms you want to go with, that's up to each of us. We got to argue about it, come to consensus. We'll pick the 16 teams. Once we have the four seed lines, we'll throw them into a bracket. And, uh, of course, we are the NCAA. We would never, ever care about setting up fun matchups or the money <laughs> or anything like that. And that's pretty much it. So we're going to start with the number one overall seed, and then we're just going to try to fill in our lines four seeds at a time and go from there. You guys ready to do it? Let's do it. If you're wondering about how this is actionable, the big key here is to get a sense for who has actually had the best season, like who has been strongest. Like that should influence your playoff betting, right? Like, if you're trying to figure out like what's the difference in these records, like if one team can have a really, you can game the NBA regular season. I promise you that having covered the league as long as I have, you can absolutely game the NBA regular season and not be that good of a team. This is going to tell you who the actual best teams are. All right, Brandon, I think we're probably going to be in agreement on the number one seed, right? I think so. I mean, I, 
I, I think it has to be the Utah Jazz. The Suns have made a push. I feel like those are the two possibilities. Do either of you have anyone except the Utah Jazz as your number one overall seed? I have the Utah Jazz, so I, I agree with that. Okay, we're we're all set. The Utah look, they they've been they have wins versus good teams. They have the the best overall record right now. They're likely to hold on to it after Phoenix has lost to Golden State on Tuesday. Um, I don't think that you can make a, a convincing argument anyone deserves it more. I will say, like, I think this is super close. I don't think the Jazz are definitively the one seed. But if we look at it from a resume standpoint, the Jazz have the most solid resume of any team. So I think they got to be the one. Were the Suns the team you would have considered? When you say it's close, would they have been your runner-up? Yeah, I would have put them that I would, I, I think between them and the Suns, it's, it's very close because like the, the big thing with the Suns is if we look at this from a college basketball standpoint, the Suns are able to say, look at our record versus the best teams in the league. Look at all the wins that we have. The problem with the Suns is they've tailed off over this last month. Like we're going to have to talk about this next week in our Western Conference playoff uh, picture. We're doing East on Wednesday and West on Friday next week. For those of you listening, two episodes next week, previewing the entire NBA playoff uh, first round, and I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to talk about the Suns next week because I have, I have, I have concerns. I have, I have concerns. I would like to raise about the Suns, and so I think they have to be number two here. Yeah. So I think, I think if you're going to argue against the Jazz, it has to be the Suns. I think the crux of your argument is that the Suns went three zero against the Jazz, yeah. and if this were NCAA and you had that head to head, you would certainly would consider it. But I think the, my my takeaway from the Jazz before we move on. Uh, Matt, one of the stats that you asked, we kind of prepared a little like crib sheet of some numbers to look at. One of the ones you said was the Pythagorean win expectation. And it's not surprising to me that the Jazz lead the league in win expectation. What's surprising is they are leaps and bounds ahead of every other team. So the Suns are not second in win expectation. They, the Suns are expe- expected to win 46. And a lot of these numbers are going to be outdated from last night's games because it was prepared before that. But they got 46 wins compared to 48 in real life. The Clippers were second at 47.4 expected wins. The Utah Jazz, 55.0 expected wins. That is seven and a half more expected wins than anyone else. They're actually five wins under expectations this year, despite still being the best record in the league. And despite all these missing games with Conley and with Mitchell, uh, it, it just made me think, geez, <laughs> The Jazz are really good, and yeah. how much credit do we need to give them? What does this regular season strength mean? Yeah. We'll get back just, to that next week, I guess. Just an incredible regular season performance. You can't say enough about how they've played in the regular season. Really, if we're going to give awards for best regular season performance, <laughs> we have to reward the regular season Utah Jazz. Um, all right, so I, think, I think even more impressive is the fact that they lost Donovan Mitchell for 13 games yeah. and they lost, they lost Mike Conley for the last eight and they yeah. haven't tailed off at all. So yeah. I think they, they get it by far. All right. So we are arguing a lot over something we agree yeah. on. Um, let's, I think we should talk about the other, other one yeah. seeds. So, yeah, I, I think it sounds like we all agree that the Suns are one of the one seeds. So we've got the jazz and the Suns as two of the one seeds so let's talk about, let's just each name who our other two one seeds are and see where we need to disagree. So Matt, who are yours besides the Jazz and the Suns? It's the Bucks and the Clippers. Uh, everyone's going to be mad about the Nets. Everyone's going to be mad about the Sixers. But look, the Bucks have, for me, they check too many boxes here. Um, if we look at, let, let's start 
um, and take a look at their Pythagorean expectation. Um, they're at 54.2. Philly is only at 54.5. He had all the adjustments. I think for me, the biggest reason why I kind of lean towards Milwaukee um, is based off of if we look at their performance versus the best teams, you know, the Bucks are 18 and 17 versus teams 500 and above. They've been really good versus the top teams. They have wins over the Clippers. They have wins over the Nets, wins over the Sixers. They've got all of these like marquee wins, right? Like they have been absolutely dominant. They also have a top three rating. Like they just, it's the, the Clipper, it's the Jazz, the Clippers and the Bucks for the top three net rating this season. The Bucks have beaten more teams by more. I understand that the Sixers are going to finish with a better record. I understand that the Nets are the Nets. The Nets have been too inconsistent. They don't take care of business uh, uh, often enough. The Bucks have are, are are most solid in most areas. The Clippers, I don't think we can even argue about. They're second in Pythagorean expectation. They're second in net rating. Like the Sixers or the, the Clippers have to be in these top four. Um, but I do think that Milwaukee genuinely based off of regular season performance and resume has put together the best, the better resume of these teams, even with the win differential. So Raheem, do you also have the Clippers and the Bucks as your other one seeds? I actually have the Clippers. I mean, I mean, I, you know, you, you guys know I've been high on the Clippers all year. Actually, I have the Clippers above the Suns because they actually have a higher point um, differential. Um, and in my model, I actually have them ranked higher than the Suns, and the Suns have really been slipping. I mean, when I use my post All Star break numbers, they're ninth. Um, so that's how far they've slipped. Now the Bucks, I don't agree with. But, I mean, I can't really argue too hard because I think they are close enough with the Sixers to where I understand it. But, I mean, this is the team that just gave up 146 points to the Spurs. This is the team that gave up 141 points to the Rockets. To me, I think the Sixers are just the better team. I mean, the Sixers have dealt with, you know, injuries to both Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. They've had COVID absences, and they still have a better record. I mean, like you said, the six the Sixers are nineteen and sixteen against teams above five hundred. The point differentials is very similar, but I gotta give the nod to the Sixers just because they have the better record, and also the, the Bucks have taken a, a, a slight step back this year. So I'm, you know, maybe it's unfair for me to, you know, dock them for that. But you know, when this team is giving up one hundred and forty points to the Houston Rockets and fifty point games to to Kevin Porter. I just can't trust this team as a number one seed. Like, so. Yeah, I'm with Raheem on this one. And I surprised myself because we, we initially talked about doing this about a month ago. And at the time I was, I was in hard on the Sixers being like, like seventh down the list or something like I had them much lower. And as I dug into it, um, a, a few things that stood out to me, their record with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons on the court this season is 34 and six. That is really good. That's a lot of wins. And I, I agree too with what Raheem said that like we, we forget now, but early in the season, like this team got rocked. They they were playing with like G League dudes for multiple games. And I think that we maybe are underestimating exactly how much that that crushed like the overall like the efficiency and the net ratings and some of those things, just for with a few of those numbers in there and some of the, you know, like Tyrese Maxey, like I love him, but in like his 10th game of the season, he was like leading the team in shots and scoring. Um, I, I just think 
I don't know that I'm still ready yet to say that the Bucs are not the better team than the Sixers. The Bucs went 3-0 and against the Sixers. Uh, I did my, my argument against Philadelphia when I was hesitant about them. They're 0-3 against the Bucs. They're 0-2 against the Suns. They're 0-2 against the Nuggets. It, it's, you can't read too much off of just those things, and who knows who's missing in all those games and whatever. But I mean, everybody was missing in those games. Like, literally, they didn't – they yeah, like for any. Yeah, yeah. Funny how that works. <laughs> Funny how that works. The Joel Embiid's never on the court when they're facing the big teams. Always on the floor when they're facing the Thunder and the Rockets, though. Always on the floor when they're facing the garbage teams. Gotta but then, the oh team. man, oh, gotta man. gotta rest him versus any sort of marquee. Oh, what can you do? Come on. <laughs> for, for me, the Bucks would not even be my next choice. I actually would have the. I was choosing between the Sixers and the Nets for my last spot here. Um, I, I think that, I don't know, I, I gave a lot of argument to, okay, what is this team looking like going into the tournament now that we know who the players are actually healthy and going to be? So I do care about what the record is when they have Embiid and Simmons. I do care what the record is when Harden plays. The Bucks have mostly had their guys, and I know we're talking about what have you accomplished, but it, it matters like what version of you is going in. And I just don't know. At the end of the day, the Sixers have beat out the Bucks and the Nets at the top of the standings, even though they've been missing the, this time, even though they've been missing the guys. I just have a hard time arguing against them. Well, I'm willing to, to cave on this. Um, the Bucks are 18 and 17 versus 500 and above. The Sixers are 19 and 16. Um, more importantly, I just found this one uh, for cleaning the glass versus uh, teams that are top 10 in point differential. The Sixers are 11 and 10 with a minus 0.1 point differential. The Bucks are minus 1.0 in point differential and 10 and 11. So they're pretty close. I think that has to like Brooklyn is not applicable here. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, you, you don't get to you don't get to, to lose. <clears throat> as many bad games as they have, like at some point, like taking care of business matters, but I will go ahead and cave and we'll give the Sixers uh, the one seed, but I am definitely going to be shopping for an upset later on with the Sixers. So let's go ahead and move the Sixers up. So we've got jazz Suns, Sixers and Clippers are our one seeds. All right. So we've got our one seeds. And then the nice thing about this exercise too, I think we can just go ahead and lock in the bucks as a two seed. Pretty obviously they're going to be on that line for us. We've made that argument for them. It, to me, looking at where we're at, I suspect we're all going to have the Brooklyn Nets as a two seed. Does ever does anyone not have the Nets as a clear two seed? Yeah, I have them. yeah, I've got them. Yeah. They're 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 a two okay. seed for sure. Do we have anything? To and say? we all we all have the Nuggets, right? Yeah, the the Nets and the Nuggets, I feel like, are the clear choices here, unless we're penalizing Jamal Murray being out, which no. I don't think is fair. I have the Nets and the Nuggets. Matt, do you have the Nets and Nuggets here as well? Yeah. All right. So so that's the kind of the clear grouping of twos. That last two seed was an inflection point for me. So we've got right now we've got the Bucks, the Nuggets, and the Nets. Raheem, who's your final two seed? I took the Lakers. Um, and for me, it was just pretty simple. I mean, when I look at my model and I, I look at the ratings of teams – I had the, the Lakers around 10th, 11th, but there's no way I could, you know, realistically put some of these other teams above them. I mean, the, the Lakers, even without LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they still had a top three defense. I mean, 
and that says it all. And then, you know, Anthony Davis is back in the lineup. LeBron is coming back tonight. I know we're not supposed to, you know, judge teams on, you know, what they could be, but LeBron actually played half the season. Anthony Davis played half the season. Um, and we got to see them with LeBron, without AD, without LeBron, and their defense is still, you know, one of the best in the league. So I think they can – I can't realistically put them in the third tier of teams when I know their defense is capable of making them competitive against those same teams. So I think they're a, 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 a step above them. So I have them as the number two seed. Matt, do you agree? Yeah, I've got them there too. I just think um, a lot of it is based off of <laughs> – consider this like last stretch of games kind of to be the conference tournament. Like that's kind of the comparison, right? And like they are gaining ground and looking much better. Um, the fact that they're still the number one, they, there's such a good defense overall, I think really matters. Like, I think if you're going to look at this and say the Lakers, despite losing Anthony Davis for, for a significant chunk of the season and LeBron James for a significant, significant chunk of the season and still have the number one defense in the NBA, that's really impressive. Um, and a lot of it for me, honestly, has more to do with like <clears throat> the resume of the three and four seeds. I just don't think are as good. Like that's a lot of it is, is I, I think if you look at the resume of what the Lakers have done, their wins when they are fully healthy, like this is part of the problem is like you can't, you cannot in this season in particular, just take the like, well, what have they done? You can't because it's too long of a season. And it's too – you have to – and especially with the, the COVID and everything else. I mean, we also look at the Nuggets and Lakers, right? Look at the Celtics. Look at what the Heat have, have been through. Even look at what the Nuggets have been through. You know, the Lakers, we know it's been difficult for those top – those final four teams. So, I'm willing to go ahead and give the championship pedigree. The And also, like, look, we're a selection committee. We're a selection committee. We, we would never do this. I don't know what sort of implication you're making. And so, yeah, like the <laughs> – the, the big name programs get the bump. So the Lakers are, are a two seed. So, so let me make the case. I have the Lakers as my top three seed. I'm not going to win this argument, but let me just take one minute and make the case. My case is for the Dallas Mavericks. And I think that the Lakers what? and Mavs, I think the Lakers and Mavs have pretty similar resumes. Both of them, when you look at all of our little Pythagorean and differentials and net ratings, they both are like ninth and 10th, neck and neck. Dallas is like slightly ahead in most of them, but they're basically even on all of them. Dallas has a great offense, but not a good defense. The Lakers have a great defense, but not a good offense. Here's a couple of key things that stood out to me as like they, they mostly look tied. And so Ty should go to the champs and the Lakers and LeBron. Here's the thing that swung the slight tiebreaker for me to pick the Mavs. Number one, Lakers record with LeBron. 29 and 14. And that's the Lakers team we should be judging. That's good. 29 and 14. Very good. The Mavericks record since February 3rd is 32 and 15. So basically, if we're willing to throw out the Lakers games without LeBron, that shouldn't matter. Shouldn't we also be willing to throw out the early Mavs games when they're struggling? That shouldn't matter because they're not that anymore. And they're just as good. Second argument is us. Here are the Lakers records against all the teams we've chosen so far. And I know they haven't had their full, full guys for, for all these games, but against the seven teams above them, they're 0-3 against the Clippers, 0-2 against the Sixers, 1-2 against the Jazz, 1-2 against the Suns, 1-1 against the Nets and the Bucks. The Lakers don't have a winning record against any team 
that we agree is one of these top seven teams. The Mavericks are 2-0 against the Nets. The Mavericks are 2-1 against the Nuggets. And the Mavs are 2-1 against the Lakers. So head-to-head, I gave it a slight nudge in their direction. I'm not going to win the argument, but am I getting close? Yeah, I mean, I think you're close. Like, I've looked at some of these numbers, too. Um, I was talking with a friend last night. The Mavericks, by the way, are 20-1 to to win the Western Conference. Hmm. That's... The like we we'll talk about it next week. I could make the argument for a path there, depending on which seed they get. Well, and then the bracket, yeah, that's that's the key. The five seed is a huge key there because obviously Denver is not what Denver was, right? And we we've talked about Utah all season, and so suddenly if you can get past those two, I think we agree at least winnable matchups. Now you're in the Western Conference Finals, and who knows? So yeah. <sighs> I'm kind of he's he's kind of I'm a little swayed here, Raheem. Am I? What do you think? Um. See, I I think the thing I struggle with is how they started the year. Like that still counts for me. Yeah. And I and I and it's just like I gotta look at the I can't just look at this run that they're on currently. I didn't. Yeah, I, I still got to go with the Lakers. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, we, we, we said, Matt, that you are the selection committee chair. So you got to make the final call on this one. I, I'm willing to concede that the, the dollars and eyeballs will, will want one of these two teams in the two seeds. So I, I made I, a really I, good. I mean, like, look, here's here's another, going back to clean the glass. OK, uh, versus top 10 teams in their top 10 and point differential. The Mavericks are third in point differential versus those teams with a plus 1.4. They're under 500. They're 11 and 12. But the Lakers are 8 and 15 straight up versus teams with a top 10 point differential. I know that LeBron and AD were out, but at some point it's like you are what your record says. Like you just yeah. that's what you were. Mm. And with a mind with a minus six point like the Lakers have a worse point differential versus top 10 teams in the league than the San Antonio Spurs. That is pretty damning. That's not you, <laughs> well, are we talking about this season, Spurs? Are you sure you didn't go back like 13 years or something? Oh, like that's <laughs> I I don't man, this is not great. This I, is tough. It, it feels like we we've gotten to the a similar spot to where we got on the last seed list, where I think what we're discovering is I think that we may have to give the Lakers the nod on regular season, like we gave the Sixers are the nod, but I think we're discovering that even though the Bucks maybe don't belong in that one seed, we're seeing some value there. And I feel like yeah. we're seeing some value on the Mavericks here yeah. too. The Mavericks may be better, I think, than, than what we indicate. Uh, the other reason, I let's, mean, go ahead, let's go ahead and put... You know what? No, hang that on. Thursday night game yeah. against the Nets said a lot about that Mavericks team. Yeah. Here's the other thing I'll say. Um, let's go ahead and put Lakers in the two. And the reason is the Mavericks are too inconsistent. Like that loss to the Grizzlies last night. Like I care a lot about consistency and the, the Mavericks have been really inconsistent. This is why I keep telling everybody don't pen them. Don't put them in pen for that five seed. Like they are, they are too, they're already, they fall in the six as of this recording. Like they do not take care of business versus the teams they need to take care of business against. So let's go ahead and have them as a top three seed. Yeah. I mean, that's, 
the opposite side of of all those good ratings against those top teams is they're not a top team. So why aren't they? Well, because they aren't yeah. good against the bad teams, and yeah, that matters right. too. All right, three seeds is probably where we're going to argue. I yeah, think this is so, where it gets where, where it gets tough. So Dallas, Dallas, I think is in as a three seed. I think there's one other three seed lock. I think that that team is the New York Knicks. Uh, when I look yes. at the Knicks, they they appear to be definitively the tenth best team in the NBA. Not more, not less. They are perfectly a three seed to me. Uh, Raheem and Matt, do you guys have the Knicks as a three seed as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they check all the boxes, right? Like I think, um, especially with the offense that they played over the last two months, like their offense has been good, and that's what you wanted to see was okay. They could play defense, but can they actually produce the offense? And they have. Um, they're they play in a really brutal division too. Like that's a lot of this is they play. Think about how many games they play versus the Sixers and the Nets. Plus they got, I mean, Boston was better earlier in the season. They're one and one versus them. Um, so like there's, you know, and the Raptors are not, we're not pushovers for, I think two thirds of the year. So yeah. uh, they, they had a really tough schedule. I think that's, that's gotta be factored in. Um, I need to look at what their, what was their SRS? Yeah, they're 10th in SRS, 10th yeah. in differential, 10th in that rating, and 10th in Pythagorean. They're literally yeah. number 10 on all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they've got to they've got to be, I think, yeah. in a, th- a three seed. So we've got Mavericks and Knicks. Raheem, I want to know who your other two third seeds are because I think this is where we're going to disagree. I have the Miami Heat and I have the Atlanta Hawks. Okay. And okay. I think the thing is. Because we're, we're grading these teams against other teams. So as much as I said I don't like the Heat, I like them a lot better than some of the other teams in the conference, I mean, in the league. And then I'm also giving them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because they've also had, you know, issues with COVID and injuries. And they've been decimated. And, you know, still after the All-Star break, they've been rolling. Um, you know, these these two wins over the Celtics, you know, despite how, how bad the Celtics are, they've been pretty impressive. Um, you know, I mean – so it's just like I'm giving them the nod there. I think what are the Heat? They're like 20 and – what are they since the All-Star break? They're 20 and 13 since the All-Star break. And I, I think I, I weigh, I weigh um, performance after the All-Star break is, you know, I weigh that heavily because – Just because I think this is the time where everybody's making a playoff push. Um, and if you're playing other playoff teams or teams that are trying to get into the playoffs, especially at a time when, you know, we actually have – a playing game. <laughs> so there's more teams who are going for it. So I, I weigh that really heavily. Brandon, what do you oh, mean? And then, oh, Raheem, go ahead. Oh, yeah. And then the Hawks, I, I think the Hawks, they've they finally gotten healthy. They gotten some guys back. Since um, bringing in Nate McMillan, I think this team is really, you know, they're playing some great basketball. And I like, I, I had to have them as a, as a, as a three seed. All right. So I agree with the Hawks. I, I don't, to me, the Hawks, the Hawks and the Knicks are kind of like the default three seeds. I don't find the Hawks super interesting to talk about. Like, I think that they kind of just fall into this range. We'll talk about them more, Matt, if you disagree, but my, I don't agree at all that the Heat are a three seed. I actually have the Heat closer to missing our bracket than being a three seed. Um, the Heat, I, I was, I was really, really underwhelmed with like the advanced profile of the Heat. And I know they lost some of the COVID games and all that kind of stuff. But here are some of the heat ratings. And this was before the Celtics win last night. So, you know, yay, you beat like another not good team. Pythagorean, 18th in the league. 
SRS 19th, differential 19th, net rating 19th. We're choosing 16 team, guys. We want to be above 16. 18th and 19th are not good. Their record with Jimmy and Bam is now 28 and 19. That's good. That's not great. That's certainly not overwhelming to me as a three seed. Um, looking at like head-to-head records, they're 3-0 against the Knicks and then not winning record or good against like all the other teams above them. I, I don't think that the Heat should be in consideration here. However, I'm very surprised who I did come up with. For me, it came down to Portland and Golden State for my last spot here. And I ended up choosing the Blazers. And I did not think that I was going to be choosing the Blazers here. Um, The Blazers, I I think I kind of forgot. I don't know why, but how much the Blazers also have missed. They've missed CJ McCollum for a big chunk. They missed Nurkic for most of the season until recently. They're 26 and 18 once CJ McCollum is on the court. Um, they are 2-0 against the Sixers, 2-1 against the Lakers, 2-1 against the Mavs, um, especially the Lakers and Mavs. Those are kind of teams somewhat in their range. Unlike the Heat, their advanced profile is pretty good. They are top 10 in Pythagorean and differential. They're number 13 in SRS and net rating. They have a top five offense. I think I tend, I came into this thinking, oh, the Blazers aren't really that good. They've been outperforming expectations because game time and they just keep winning these crunch time games and the profile I feel like has changed I guess in the last month they, they've they're closing really well right now they're playing well and I just I had them ahead of the Warriors and I don't really feel like the Heat are, are in the conversation I don't think I'm gonna convince you guys at all on that I feel like Matt's gonna have another team entirely so Matt who do you have here yeah we got three different teams Raheem who was number 10 on your power ratings last week on our NBA best stream presented by MGM on League Pass? It was the Boston Celtics, wasn't it? It was the Boston Celtics. Okay. <laughs> this is not the this is not the recency bias bracket. This is not the this is not the ooh, who what's been going on the last two weeks bracket. This is this is about the NBA season. Okay, and we've we've given edges to the Lakers, we've given all these edges based off of whatever factors. Let's not get carried away here. Like, yes, it sucks that this, like, the Celtics have fallen off a cliff. No dispute. But, like, they've put in the work. They, they were one of the last four teams remaining. And they've dealt with, co- like, Tatum got COVID. They've had massive injuries. Campbell Walker's been in and out of the lineup constantly. They lose Jalen Brown. Marcus Smart missed, like, a month. And yet they're still 12th in SRS, 12th in efficiency differential, 12th in net rating. 10th in offense, 19th in defense with an RPI of, of 16. Like, to me, the Boston Celtics have earned a spot here. I understand that they've had bad games versus the top teams in the Eastern Conference, for sure. That's been rough. But they've had some signature wins along the way. This was still a very good team throughout the season. I think if you look at this, they have been – even though the Heat have passed them in record in these last couple of games, I think the Celtics have been more consistent than Miami. I think they've been better and more balanced than the Blazers. Like the Blazers, a lot of their differential has been boosted up over the last four games where they've just absolutely annihilated teams. Like they've killed the Pacers. Like one thing, Raheem, I'll, I will disagree with you openly about. Like you're rating, you're you're putting emphasis on after the All Star break. I would not do that, especially this season. The cumulative effect of injuries. 
the cumulative effect of like the month of March was the worst basketball in the NBA I have seen. Yeah, you're right. 2004. Like it was bad. And so like, I I can't look at the, at those games and and take as much meaning as I can through the course of the entire season. I think the Boston Celtics still deserve to be a three seed here. You know, the interesting thing is because when I look at my model, my model still has this. I think they have the Celtics 16 because they just got blown out in back to back games, but they still have them over to Miami Heat. Yeah. Which is just, but, and I think the thing that I'm struggling with now is sometimes there's teams that break the model in opposite directions. Yeah. And I'm wondering if the Celtics are that team because now I'm watching all these games and my model is showing value on the Celtics and I just can't do it. So I think, look, here's the big, here's one of the big things here. We're not trying to predict who's going to, we're not, we're not seeding this based off of who we think is going to win. Yeah, of course. And so if we're not seeding it based off of who we think is going to win, then I think we got to give the Celtics the edge, even though we know that they're going to get annihilated. Like they are, they are that five seed that you know should not be a five seed that you're absolutely hammering the 12 seed mm. in yeah. the tournament. Like they are that team, they are that eight, seven, the seven seed where you're like, oh, they should not be favored. Like this line is completely, and everyone's on it and that team still loses. Like everyone bets the same way and still cashes. That's what I think we're at here is like the Celtics and the eyes think the Celtics need to be a three seed here, Brandon. Yeah, I, I, I'm swayed by the argument. I, I know the Blazers were never going to win the argument, but I, I also, I had the Celtics ahead of the Heat in, in my kind of ratings. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the Celtics are the Eastern version of, of the, the Blazers argument I made. They're, they're high in all those ratings. They are below win expectations by like three wins. So they're getting unlucky. Mm-hmm. They've had all these injuries. I don't know how much we need to weigh in that Jalen Brown is just out now. We, that's too many mm-hmm. factors for us. We're a three-man committee. I feel like for the third straight line, we're, we're getting our final seed on the line to be a team that we think, well, eh, I don't want to yeah. bet on this team, yeah. but I guess they deserve it here. But I think it should be the Celtics. So for the four seeds, I, I, I will go ahead and say mine. The Heat have got to be in, Brandon. Like we can't not have it. Like, I agree. The Heat, they're, in. they're right now the five seed in, mm-hmm. in the East. Like they've got to be in. Um, the Blazers have to be in the Blazers. Like they just based off everything that you've made the argument for, like the Blazers have to be in um, the Warriors have to be in yes. based off of, you know, yeah. even though I don't want to, to treat this recent stretch of games, like we talked about, like I think there's a lot of holes. People are really pumping up the 12 and five records since Wiseman and Ubre went down. There's some holes that you can poke in that, but they've been overall like their defense is so like great defense, Steph Curry. That like, that's a tournament team right there. Um, so that's three. Raheem, do you have any arguments with Heat, Blazers, Warriors? No, I don't have any arguments on those. I, I, I think my biggest argument actually was with the Celtics for me. I actually – I had them out together. Um, you had them out my, of your bracket? Yeah, I didn't have them in a bracket. Are you okay with them being a three seed for jumping up? Can we agree on that? Have I swayed you? Not really. I mean, I okay, think – Okay, let's come back. All right, all right, hang on. Again, they see, were I, I think I see I, I agree with you on everything. If, if they still have if they still had Jalen Brown, I would be cool with it. But I just think this is a fundamentally different team if you take Brown out of it. Here, think of it this way. I know you can't you have to look this up, but think of it this way. Anecdotally, how many weeks in a row were the Celtics top 10 in your power rating? 
for most of the year. Yeah. Like it's, I, I've been doing these bet strings with you every week. Like yeah. just, this is going to be the first week. The Celtics aren't going to be top 10. That's and we're true. saying, okay. And we're dropping and we're dropping them to 12 here. Okay. That's fair. You know what? That's fair. I, I, I can, I can live with that. All right. All right. Uh, Brandon, are we in agreement on heat blazers warriors? Yes. I, I don't know how you make an argument against them. You could make an argument against the Warriors, but we're ma- building a tournament that needs eyeballs and money, and we're not leaving yeah. stuff out of the tournament. So even if you mm-hmm. want to make that argument, it's not a good one. It, I, I was disappointed as we were building this that, to me, I just felt like there were the 16 was a clear cutoff. And I don't know that we're going to agree on that, but I, I, I ended up being like, okay, here's my number 16. And I tried desperately to dig through. I kept adding profiles to our Google Doc, trying to find any other team that I thought could give us an argument. And I couldn't really come up with one. To me, my last team in is the Grizzlies. I'm not that excited about it. They're kind of mm-hmm. just fine. They're fine. They're 14th, they're 15th, they're 16th on all the different ratings we've talked about. And I don't have a lot of great things to say about them. They're, I guess, yay, John Morant is going to get us some eyeballs and money. I just don't – I'm not going to – I don't know what you're going to do to talk me into any of the other options here. My next option was the Pelicans, and I tried hard to talk myself into the Pelicans, even though they should be below, like, another – like, they should be, like, a six seed. But I don't know. I have the Grizzlies. I'm curious who either of you ended up going with. So, Raheem, who's your last team in here? I had – I mean, the la- the final four that I had was the Blazers, the Grizzlies, the Warriors, and the Wizards. Who? And – you know, I, I I probably should have put the Celtics there, um, and I, I do regret that. I think you're 100 percent right. I think the Celtics should have been, you know, there over the Wizards. I think I was just a victim of recency bias, but I do like the Grizzlies. I mean, the Grizzlies are eighth in defensive efficiency. I think that I weigh defense heavily, especially if you're in a, a playoff setting. And then you know they got um, Jaron Jackson back. I think they've. Bl- I think the thing about the Grizzlies is they've been super competitive. And they've blown a lot of games in which they probably shouldn't have lost. Like they had the, the games against the Clippers, which um, they had no Kawhi Leonard or Paul George or um, Serge Ibaka. They had the game against the Nuggets. Um, I'm sure Matt saw it. They were up 14-15 with four minutes to go, went to overtime. They had the lead in overtime. They blew that. Had the lead in double overtime and blew that. So I just think this this Grizzlies team is really solid. It's just they can't close. So I think they, 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 they deserve that fourth seed. So I'm curious, coming into this exercise, before I made up our little crib sheet with all of our net ratings and everything else, Matt had one team as his last four seed here. And I would like to know if that is still your pick after you saw all these horrible, horrifying, shockingly bad ratings for them. Matt, are the Charlotte Hornets your final four seed? So I'm debating it now because you're right. The numbers are compelling for sure. Um, Here's a good comparison, okay? The Hornets are 13 and 23 versus teams 500 and above. All right? 13 and 23. Grizzlies are 14 and 22. One game better. Okay? Um, Memphis is 21 and 11 versus teams under 500. Charlotte's 20 and 12. One game worse. Mm -hmm. So, win record-wise, now, the argument here is going to be, okay, look at SRS. Right, SRS, which factors strength of schedule versus versus point differential. You know, what does that look like? Right. Mm-hmm. Like the Grizzlies, and also like recency bias is tough here. The Grizzlies just waxed the Dallas Mavericks last night. And the Hornets lost by five to the net to, to the Nuggets. It's not a bad mm-hmm. loss, but it's not really impressive. 
I, I think here's the big thing with my, where I'm at with Charlotte. Um, Hayward is out of a boot. He's just started load bearing work. There is like a chance he makes if they, if they win the play in tournament, there's a chance he makes it with Hayward. They're 24 and 20. This is like, a, if we're going to give LeBron that edge, right. I'm not saying we have to give Gordon Hayward the same edge, but if we're going to trade the Lakers and be like, okay, we have to consider who they were missing. The Hornets were without LaMelo ball and Gordon Hayward. Remember the Hornets were the fifth seed in the Eastern conference before Hayward and Mello went down. Like they were a good team and they fell off the map because they lost their two best players. Like this is a team that relies on two guys and then like a supporting cast. I've made the argument for the Hornets because of their switching defense. I like the way that they match up in playoff environments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I am okay. If we want to agree on the Grizzlies, if we just want to like look at it, because like the big key here, I think is I honestly have all the numbers. Um, I think the biggest key is that SRS differential I will say this, the Pacers are 15th in offense and 15th in defense. They've got their 18th in SRS, which is only uh, four spots behind the Grizzlies. And the Pacers have had just as many injury issues as well. I think you can make a case for the Pacers too. Like the Pacers have had a year from hell. Like I don't want to punish the Pacers because Nate Bjorken Bjorken lost the locker room. Like I don't want to punish the team for that. But here, here's the problem with the Pacers, though, is the injuries aren't over. Like, we're, we're still yeah. only left with the, the corpse of the team that has struggled to make it to the finish line. Like, mm-hmm. it, 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 I would buy that argument if it looked like, you know, like Turner and, and I don't know, whoever else, even Brogdon, I don't know. Like, they might just be done. I just don't know. I don't know what they have. Yeah. Let's, I think I, I, I am not going to hold on to the Hornets as much. I think they, I like them as a play in team if we had that, but we don't. Um, I will relent and let's go ahead and go put the Grizzlies as the final team in our tournament. I mean, look, we're, we're the selection committee. Should we just make a play in game? Should we have Memphis and Charlotte play in game? <laughs> no, final slot? no, because we are at uh, about 40 minutes into this podcast and Matt Mitchell uh, has things to do with his life, like degenerately bet on day baseball. So, you know, it happens. <laughs> All right. So I have a bracket. I built a bracket while we were doing this. Right. Um, and here are going to be our matchups. Okay. Are you guys ready for this? I did this based off of entertainment value, not necessarily like ranked who went where, uh, the top, the top bracket is the jazz face the Grizzlies in the first round. They face the winner of Lakers Celtics, the classic rivalry, the classic rivalry. And then the second round, the jazz likely face the Los Angeles Lakers. This is Action Network podcast producer Matt Mitchell here to tell you our friends at BetMGM have a great new sign-up offer for our listeners, a $600 risk-free first bet. Here's how it works. If you don't already have an account at BetMGM, just sign up, make your first deposit, and place that initial wager. If the bet wins, you get all the money. If it doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $600. It's that simple. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the features gamblers like us love, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, they're compatible with BetSync, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. 
So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $600. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. In the bottom bracket on the left side, we've got the Los Angeles Clippers versus the Miami Heat. Kawhi Leonard versus Jimmy Butler. Bam out of bio versus Avica Zubac, who everyone thinks is an amazing player. You've got Paul George versus Goran Dragic. Tyler Hero. That's a really fun one. Uh, Spolstra versus Ty Lue. Um, and then the bottom of that one is the Brooklyn Nets versus the New York Knicks battle for New York in the bottom of that side of the bracket. On the other side, we've got the one seed Phoenix Suns facing the Portland Trailblazers. Damian Lillard versus Chris Paul, CJ McCollum versus Devin Booker. Let's go. DeAndre Aiden versus Yusuf Nurkic. That's a great game in the the one eight there. Um, and then one four rather. Bottom, they face the winner of the Bucks and Mavericks, Luca versus Giannis in that matchup. That one's going to be uh, that everyone's circling that game and going to be really driven to watch that. That's going to be awesome watching the Bucks try and handle Luca and the shooters. And the bottom, the Philadelphia 76ers get Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I will be picking the Warriors in that matchup when that goes down. I will be definitely be betting them for the upset versus Raheem Sixers. And then the bottom of that, the final matchup is the Denver Nuggets versus the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Jokic has a lot of trouble with Capella. That's a bad matchup for them. I could realistically see the final four being Bucks, Warriors, (laughs) Nets, Lakers, which would be quite the four i think as we go through Um, here this is a fun exercise this is really good yeah this was this was yeah this was really helpful my only my only qualms with the bracket is that matt moore you are clearly a lakers fan you gave them the easiest draw for the two seeds you gave them the celtics who raheem didn't even have in his bracket you're a lakers fan you're a hater you put the bucks and the mavs against each other even though they're our favorite two and three seeds you're penalizing the small markets you're a lakers fan what can I say? Everyone knows everyone that's ever met me knows I'm a huge Lakers guy. That's, (laughs) that's pretty obvious. All right. Let's get wrap up our marquee. Thanks to Brandon for putting that exercise together. I think we learned a lot there. The real bracket was the friends that we made along the way. All right, let's go to, it's time to take a victory lap. I'm stupid. You're smart. I was wrong. You were right. You're the best. I'm the worst. Uh, You're very good-looking. I'm not attractive. All right. As long as you're willing to admit that. So every week, I give the boys an opportunity to take victory laps because I have never met two individuals that enjoy talking about the best that they got right more than these two. Uh, This is our our season finale version. We don't have time next week because we're doing playoff stuff. So, Raheem, are there any that you in particular want to give yourself a pat on the back and take a lap over? Um, I'm going to go with the Celtics. I mean, obviously it ended with, you know, Jalen Brown and I, I never want to see anybody have a season in the injury, but 
I feel like I was right about this team and, and the mistakes that Ainge made, you know, really not putting his roster together properly, letting Gordon Hayward walk. I wasn't really high on them. I just felt like there just wasn't enough pieces around um, Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. And obviously they had some COVID issues, but I wasn't excited about them, you know, to start the season. So I'm going to give myself a pat on the back for that. And then obviously I think the the big one I had was um, Jordan Clarkson and went six man of the year. Um, I had that in our piece to start the season. So I'm, I'm real proud about that one. <laughs> yeah. I'm still kind of mad about Luca, not like Luca, not finishing. He's not even going to finish top five. That's crazy. Luca's not going to finish top five for MVP. That was my, my preseason pick there. Um, the Jordan Clarkson pick really was phenomenal. That was a, that was a really good pick to look at the, at the entire board and recognize that um, I am calling DeAnthony Melton next year. DeAnthony Melton, sixth man of the year next season. I'm, I'm riding with you on that because I, I really like him. I really like him. I, you know what it is? I'm a little biased towards the Grizzlies. <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to get a great number on him, too. It's going to be great. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Um, Brandon, keeping in mind that we're many minutes into this podcast and we <laughs> can't do this for another hour, uh, what are your victory laps for the season? All right, so first victory lap is for brain cells that Nikola Jokic is going to win the MVP. It's a victory for all of us. He's been the MVP for months. We finally got everyone to figure it out. Uh, My victory laps are more like victory laps where I made a great run and I was leading coming around the final turn and then stumbled and fell and watched everyone else race to the finish line. So I'm just going to hunger game some of these off, fire off the cannon, for all of these victory lap futures bets that looked really good, much better than when I placed them and ended up shredding the little pieces, all of them worth $0. So here we go. Jalen Brown, preseason most improved player, 33 to 1. Heat to miss the playoffs, RIP last night, 14 to 1. We had a good run though. Preseason MVP, Kevin Durant at 20 to 1. That one seemed great for a while. Midseason, James Harden, 33 to 1. That one got up to like a second or third favorite till he got hurt. Late season MVP, Stephen Curry, 40 to 1. He might finish second on the ballot now. Not going to happen, but those were great runs. Last but not least, Joe Ingles, sixth man of the year, 100 to 1. Still holding out a little hope on that one. I'm seeing some of the nerds online talk about it. I think he's going to at least get onto the ballot. We had a great run. Last one, last victory lap, NBA props this season. My victory lap is for Justin Fan and our incredible projections and our props tool. For the season, we've been a positive return on investment every single month on our props column. Through April, 240 wins, 184 losses. It's a 57% hit rate, plus 84 units. That is a 20% return on investment. A $100 better on every props bet this season would be up $8,389. So victory lap to the props tool and the projections. You really should be following those. That's absurd. That's 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 just really good. Way to go, guys. Just way to go. Yeah. Um, that, that's phenomenal. All right. <clears throat> um, for mine, back before the season, I did my top five favorite win totals. The Wolves under. Cha-ching. The Chicago Bulls over. I'm let's see. I got it at 28 and a half. I actually need to check the number on this and make sure. I think they're at 29. I think they're at 29. They're 29. That cash. Um, that's 2-0. Warriors over 36 and a half. Ching. Kings under 29. I think that one is actually in some danger. Uh, if 
Is it? Nope. Yeah, that one uh, is uh, 31. So that one died. And then finally, the really bad one was Mavericks over 41 and a half. That was my worst one of the batch. I can't believe that the Mavericks did not hit that number. I'm really, really mad that the Mavericks, I mean, they still can. It's 41 and a half. They got three left. So probably going to hit it. I'm probably going to go four and one on those. Um, the, the other thing is uh, back in January, on I'm looking at the article as of this exact moment. Back in January, on January 22nd, a month into the season, I wrote this column: Nikola Jokic emerging with sleeper MVP value despite the Nuggets' struggles. Denver were they were under 500 at the time, and Jokic was plus 800, and you could get them at 10 to one at DraftKings. I said I gave that to you wow. back in January. At ten to Bet. one. Wow. Yeah. You just, just lapped all of our victory laps. You're just you're just running. Yeah, that, that's the one. That's the one right there. <laughs> I, I, you can see the biggest thing was you could see it coming where everyone was like, "Oh, but they're not any good." And I was like, "They lost three times to the Kings. Do you really think the Nuggets are going to be worse than the Kings this season? Is that a thing that we think?" So that that's probably my best one of the season. I had a couple of others. My win totals are are predictably a mess. I'm not going to hold myself. I'm not going to yeah. be. I'm not under 500. I'm going to finish about 500. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think units wise, I'm probably going to wind up being a little under. It's just, it was just too hard with everything. Like there's just. Slee, like, I, I think you need to be com- commended for even attempting win totals this season. Yeah. Cause I it just like, that's something I just, I had no interest in doing with the COVID stuff. Yeah. Whatever, I mean, I wanted to do it cause there's so much fun, but whatever is the opposite of a victory lap. I have to go back and see. I don't remember if I actually picked this, but I know I at least strongly considered it. I'm pretty sure I had the Utah Jazz out of the playoffs or at least as like my seven or eight seed. So what I, what, if I get like run a backwards victory lap, the wrong <laughs> direction around the track, that's my reverse victory lap. All right. So Brandon, to wrap up here, do you have a thanks for nothing? I do. Good teams win and great teams cover, but some teams do neither. This is thanks for nothing. Gentlemen, we know how I feel about my Minnesota Timberwolves. We know how I like to dump on my Timberwolves. Today, it's not a thanks for nothing. It's a thanks for everything. It is Hall of Fame weekend. My guy, Kevin Garnett, is going to the Hall of Fame. Kevin Garnett is literally the reason the Minnesota Timberwolves still exist. If it were not for Garnett, there wouldn't be a team in Minnesota anymore. There wouldn't be basketball fans in Minnesota. We'd be all stuck watching hockey up there again. Garnett gave everything to the team, everything. There's not a single fan was upset when he left. Every fan rooted when he won the championship because we all knew that the team wasn't it. We, we all just wanted him to win. He loved Minnesota. He loved Minnesota fans. I think he's the greatest modern defender in history. His numbers should be in the Minnesota rafters. Please, Minnesota, get it right. Cameron Garnett is, is why I'm a basketball fan and why I'm a basketball writer. So – in a kind moment, thanks for everything, Kevin Garnett, Hall of Famer. Well, that's sweet. That's just yeah. nice. That's just that was real positive. Brandon Anderson is a hater. Um, <laughs> and for me, like I have something similar that I want to share with with where everything has been this season. And like you talk about like the things that make you love 
sports, right? Like what, what are the stories that really make you love sports? And, and for me, for doing thanks for everything, I got to say, thank you, New York Knicks, for being the best first half team in all of history. Thank you so much. You've made me yes. so much money. Thank you. Bless up New York Knicks first half. Thank you so much. Raheem is with me on this. Start spreading the news. You have no idea. Yo, I had them the last two nights, right? They were down seven with three minutes and 30 seconds to go against both the LA teams and won both outright. It's amazing. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. It's just like, I can't even say what I'm thinking right now. Yeah, I got the number. I got the numbers. You want the numbers? Here are the numbers. The Knicks this season in the first half, 48, 20, and one. That's a plus 26 units just on the spread. That's not even money line, baby. Which wow. they were getting, like, it was really crazy. This is what I keep saying. These lines, they just take the full game line and they chop it. So it doesn't yeah. matter that the Knicks are the best first half team in existence. If they're a dog for the game, they're a dog at half. Like, your edge there has been incredible. Because, like, yes, the Knicks have been one of the best, like, ATS teams this season overall. For sure. 100%. But the bigger thing is that you're getting a plus money line just for them to lead at half. And then when teams either figure them out or push past them or whatever, you've already cashed. Thank you, New York Knicks, for being the best. I'm going to tell you how cool. it's gotten even crazier for me because I've actually been waiting until they get down five or six points yeah. and then taking the money line and then yep. getting a bigger money line. So it's just <laughs> yeah. like, it's literally been like printing money. It's been absolutely incredible. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the Action Network final NBA regular season edition. Thanks for joining us. We've had a lot, a lot of fun this season. Next week, Monday, we are doing a Twitter Spaces. I, I'm just telling you guys this now. Uh, we are doing a Twitter Spaces on Monday, breaking down the play-in tournament, angles to bet, all those props, all those odds. Check that out on, on the Action Network handle at Action Network HQ. On Monday, it's going to be sometime towards the evening. We don't have the exact details. That'll be up on Twitter. Check us out on Twitter and you can follow that. Wednesday, we are previewing the Eastern Conference playoffs. We will break down the entire slate. We will look at series prices, uh, win differentials, props, everything that you need to know to bet the NBA playoffs. First round of the Eastern Conference is on Wednesday. On Friday is the Western Conference. We're not going to know who the one eights are when we do the East on Wednesday and we won't know um, we may not know who the, even the West are the one eight, depending on when the schedule is. So we'll have everything else, but the one eights, those are going to be compelling, but we'll have all that content up on action network. Make sure to follow us in the action network app. You heard about Brandon's and the prop success. Follow him on that app. uh, Raheem has been killing it on totals this season. Follow him. I've been good on halves. Follow me and just pay attention to my half my halftime plays. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Give us those five-star reviews. Check out all the shows on the network this week, including we've got golf. We've got MLB. I'm sure that we're going to have NFL futures very soon. Check out the favorites. Raheem and I were on yesterday with Chad Millman and Simon Hunter talking about the Knicks and other angles. Make sure to check that out. And we will see you guys again next time on the Action Network Podcast NBA Edition. We're finished talking.